You know, for a long time, people denigrated the tinfoil brigade. You know what I mean by the tinfoil brigade. You know, those folks who saw conspiracies everywhere. They said that it's, you know, it, I think it comes from, maybe it was a movie or something, where you wrap your head in tinfoil and it keeps the Martians' mind-controlling devices from working. I think that's where it comes from. But you know, those people that believed in government experiments and ancient religions that are somehow ruling today. Flat Earth, UFOs, Bigfoot, the Pontywood's Devil, etc., etc. You know, the problem is I'm maybe making a little bit light of the whole thing, but conspiracies have always been around us. But we've been conditioned to push aside the idea of a conspiracy theory. You know, I think that that term was coined by the CIA when JFK was assassinated. You know, nothing about that was normal, and everybody knew it. There was something, something went wrong there. And now, of course, the CIA came up with the title of conspiracy theory for anything that didn't fit the narrative of the Warren condition. You know, the government um, looking into everything when maybe elements of the government possibly played a role in the whole thing. Anyway, you see, life's full of conspiracy theories. And I'm not so distant past every royal court in every land was filled with conspiracy theories. But they were real. They weren't theories. They were conspiracies. And they kept kings up late at night worrying about them. Conspiracies have always followed power, just like flies find crap. Wherever there's power, there's people conspiring. Why don't we just agree about the real issues, the actual conspiracies? Why don't we keep calling them theories and thinking that makes you somehow woo-woo, that there's something outside of it? No, conspiracies are always there. And they're going on all the time just because some people just ignore them doesn't mean that they go away. And that's the question, isn't it? It's the old forest and trees thing. It's like those pages of dots that you sometimes see or shapes, you know, pages of shapes. And if you stare at them long enough and... Let your eyes go kind of stereo or crossed or whatever. You see a picture emerge. That's kind of like what conspiracies are like. A whole new reality forms out of the chaos. Do you think the folks calling for the abolishing of police say, you know, they? you don't think maybe they have a vision of what's going to fill that power vacuum? Do they actually think they're going to abolish the police and everything's going to be fine all of a sudden? Or are they looking that there's going to be chaos and then they will be the ones that will solve the chaos? You see, you got to look for conspiracies because there's stuff going on. That makes no sense. How about outlawing carbon or taxing carbon? Do you think that's going to lead to anywhere good? We are literally carbon-based life forms and right now we're relying on carbon to stay alive. I think everyone needs to start fitting puzzle pieces together for themselves. And it's time to quit calling them theories or pushing them out of your mind. It's time to see them for what they are. I mean, heck, the whole universe has a... It's like a clockwork. Things are happening. So if you believe in a designer, you'll soon get the picture. And if you don't quite see it yet, well, hey, grab a seat by the fire. You have found the frequency of the Enemy Patrol podcast. Please stand by for new directions. Over. Hey there, glad to see you here at the Fire of the Enemy Patrol. I am the Anomic Ranger. This is my fire. So welcome. I call myself a reality scout. Um, what it means is I scout the way I see things. I give you the information and then you can use this as you move ahead in this adventure that is your life. And you are in control of that adventure. It is yours. So you're like the general in your, in your campaign. And it's you that makes the ultimate decisions. So I just play the part of a scout. I just give you the lay of the land, the way I see it. And you can either use my reports or don't. I just tell you what I see. 
If you want to know more, um, you can subscribe so that you don't miss one of these reports from the enemy patrol. And I hear that it's really good. If you listen to this and you like it, give me a five-star review. I've heard it uh, really helps to get known and so others can see it. Um, but yeah, you can find me at a website called anomicranger.com if you want to see more and see maybe some of the things that I've written because I do keep a blog there, although I've been having trouble keeping up with that blog lately. I used to have a schedule, but well, life conditions changed. I'm still going to keep going at it. And I'm hoping if I can get past my um, com- curmudgeonly computer abilities, I will try and get a little bit a shorter window in there so I can, instead of having to sit down and craft out a whole uh, podcast or a article on my website, I will, if I have a thought or an idea that's a couple sentences or a paragraph, I can jot it down and, and uh, well, at least everybody knows that um, I haven't went underground or anything. I haven't disappeared. Anyway, if you want to send me an email, uh, you can do so on the contact portion of my website. Or you can send me an email direct to animepatrolhq at yahoo.com. That's A-N-O-M-I-E-P-A-T-R-O-L-H-Q at yahoo.com. And like I said before, if you like what I write or what I podcast, then wherever you're reading, give it a good rating, um, subscribe, give me a comment. Write me an email, but most importantly, share with a friend. If you know of somebody that might, this some of this content might help them to just kind of get things figured out, figure they might need a reality scout, then, well, pass it on. Anyway, usually I break these down into th- three parts. And I'm calling this season one, and I'm every season, pretty much every episode, I think in season one, I've broken down to these three parts. First one is the veneration of the normal man, because I think that's what our society is lacking. The normal people, I think, are shell-shocked. They're sitting huddled in the center. They don't know what to go, because if they if they head to the right, they get bombed by the left. If they head to the left, they get bombed by the right. And I think it's time the normal people stood up and said, enough, enough. In fact, we're past that time. The second part, after the veneration of the normal man, I look for lies found in our society, and that one is a, is a bottomless pit, an endless well, an eternal spring, it seems to me, in this day and age. There's all kinds of lies to look at specifically, and even just the concept of lies and how much they're playing a part in our culture. And lastly, after veneration of the normal man, lies found in society, I usually try and give some practical steps to increase your personal agency. Maybe help you think a little bit more independently or at the very least think differently. So yeah, today in the veneration of the normal man, I'm going to be talking about some responsibility. And you noticed in my little monologue at the beginning, the introduction, I talked about conspiracy theories. And it's hard to put those two things together, conspiracy theories and responsibility. And yet we need to start like very rapidly. The responsibility to use the knowledge that you have, make decisions and take action on what you see. Um... We're going to take a dive into the concept and the, and the dangers of normalcy bias that normal people have and what that means. Because the bottom line is normal people need to function. We are the functional part of society. We are the gears. And for the second part, the lies found in society, we're going to examine what the powers that be, if you want to call them that, are pumping out. I mean, the obvious lies, the contradictions, the, the, the gross gross hypocrisies of the ruling class are it it, it really it, it it beggars the imagination and it's not like they hang their head and scuff their toe a mite or anything it's it's like they, they they either don't care or they're almost proud of it they don't even notice it when they get called out it's like they don't care anyway more on that later let's t- take some responsibility first and uh step a slight step into being normal.
I started out, I said, normal people must function. And this is a key part. This is something that I think a lot of people, especially if they get, if they get writing or speaking or they're part of a, say a university or they're, they're in that class of people that, you know, go do talks and do meetings and they just run around and talk to people. They don't, they have lost track with the normal people. Not saying that those people can't be normal or understand normal if they have something to ground them. But for most people, life is about function. It's like you get up in the morning and you get to work and you do your job and you got things to do. And then when you come home, you've got things to do at home. If you have any kind of ownership, whether it's you're owning a vehicle or a pet or you have children or a house, there's gutters to clean, there's lawns to mow, there's just always stuff to do. Normal people have to function. So normal people have to have control of their own system of belief. I mean, even just to function that way, you have to believe in certain things. You have to believe in hard work. You have to believe in responsibility. So that's where normal people find, normal people find themselves. You know, the, the juice on which they draw or the code that they live by is very important but I think a person has to look at the code that we use to get to work every day and, and the work ethic. And cause it's very easy for the normal people to look at something like conspiracy theories or what the elites, the cloud people are doing or look at, you know, get disgusted with pro sports or get disgusted with Hollywood and just, ah, you know, they got their job to do. They got things that need to happen. They, they just, they just push bigger ideas out because they don't have time. And it's easy to do because there was always somebody else to look after that. Well, I guess what I'm telling normal people and the reason that I'm saying it's time to take responsibility and it's time to quit pushing the idea of conspiracy theories out of our heads because it's happening all around us. And it's not a theory. It's being proclaimed now. And normal people, they have blinders on. They just want to do their job. They want to get home or maybe they're doing their job from home. They just want things back to normal. They just want to meet with their friends. They just want to see their family. And that's exactly where the leaders in our societies wanted us to be segregated, fighting with one another. Like I can't, I don't have time in one podcast. I could do 10 podcasts on one conspiracy theory, but you got to take the bigger picture. You don't need to go into deep, conspiracies and know about names and dates and all that kind of stuff. You don't have to go that deep. You don't have to dive hardly anywhere. It's all around you. It's flooding all around you. It's shallow, but it's understandable. I mean, you just look at what's happening, like where the wealth in our society is going. Look at where the power in our society is going. Everything's on the move right now. Little businesses are being decimated. Um, Small time government bureaucrats are turning into dictators it's like there is, there's concrete shifts taking about all around us right now, and they all have to do with the conspiracy. And it's up to you to figure out where that conspiracy is. And you might have to change your code. You might have to change the way you think. You might need to get more aware of what's happening all around you, and especially at your local level. Look at what's being taught in your schools. Look at the idea of, of, of um, what do they call it, um, race theory, not, um, theoretical race. No, that's, oh, here, I'm totally fumbling here. Critical race theory. There's what I'm looking for. I hate those mental blocks. Anyway. Yeah. Critical race theory. And, and I mean, it's, it's being taught everywhere. It's like, it, it went out like a poison and it really has little to do with race. I mean, well, no, it has a lot to do with race, but it, to, to disagree with it doesn't make you racist, even though people will say that. It, it's a bad theory. Anyway, it's not a conspiracy. I mean, you want to look at what they're talking about with this great reset. My own prime minister, my own prime minister. And I know they always say, well, he's not my president or he's not my prime minister. No, he is. He somehow he got in there. He's in power. And he's talking about the great reset. So it's not a theory anymore. It's not even a conspiracy. It's what they have planned. So I think... It's time that the normal people took responsibility for the fact that there are people planning how your life is going to go. And they're going to push it through with this, I won't call it a fake disease, because it's not a fake disease. It's a real disease. 
but the way that the government and the way everybody has been forced into certain things and the way they've used it to whip at society and change society is it's not it's it's not a conspiracy and it's not a well it might be a conspiracy but it's certainly not a theory you you've been living it it's time to open your eyes now and see what it is it's time to get beyond the idea of theory it's time to connect the dots now and then it's time to function and i don't think if people will just do that we're going to look at some more stuff here. We're going to look at some things that maybe will help you get past this idea of like, you got to wake up and look around what's happening. We're going to look at some of the things that stop you from doing that. We're going to look at what makes us shrug our shoulders and say, ah, that's a conspiracy theory when it's actually not a theory. It's happening all around you. So, um, yeah, stay close to the fire. First thing I want to look at is um, something that all normal people suffer from, uh, whether you like it or not, and it's called normalcy bias. I won't need to point out that the word normal, normal people, normalcy bias, that there's the word normal in there. <laughs> now, it's finding a definition for normalcy bias, though, is very interesting because normalcy bias has been very much promoted by people in what they call evolutionary psychology. Um. To me, those two words together are, you may as well say gobbledy and gook. But anyway, I'm just saying they're not what you would call exact sciences, although they are considered scientific. Anyway, evolutionary psychology talks about how a mouse freezes when it's faced by a larger predator. You see, and this is a holdover that we have. This idea that when a snake comes into a nest of, of uh, mice... The mouse that froze and didn't move maybe wasn't targeted by the snake or the cat or whatever. Okay. I I guess I can see what they're saying. It's a wonderful theory. But you can also look at the idea of fainting goats. Have you ever seen those goats? Go go on the YouTube and uh, and look up fainting goats. It's, it's quite hilarious. You scare these goats and their legs go stiff and they fall over. Um... I'd like to hear one of the evolutionary psychologists um, tell me what kind of evolutionary advantage it is to, for a goat to freeze up and fall over. So I'm going to call BS on this because I don't think they really know what they're talking about and I don't think that um, we were ever mice. So let me give you another definition. Call this definition of normalcy bias ranger style. Normalcy bias is about being a little bit stupid. And people are really good at that. I don't know if you've noticed. But this stupidity is a special kind of stupidity. This stupidity comes from life complacency and basically a lack of situational awareness. I mean, really, if you want to boil it all down and nobody else that I've read has any explained it this way is... It's anything bad that happens to you and in the middle of it, you can't believe it's happening to you until it's too late. And this affects everybody. I mean, it, 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 normalcy biases people that even when they're warned, they stay in a floodplain. They won't leave even though it's predicted that the river is going to flood. They don't go. Because, well... Normal people tend to think in terms of their own lifetime. Their stories of their parents or even their grandparents maybe can play a role. So if we go back to our, you know, our floodplain idea, it's like they remember the story back in great-grandpappy's grandpappy's time that the river flooded and washed the whole farm away and they rebuilt it. But that's like three generations ago. So nobody really has much to say about that. 
It's something that happened a long time ago and they can't believe it's happening to them now. I mean, this is something that, this is why when I talk about situational awareness, it's good, a good person when somebody starts to overwalk them. I mean, yeah, they might feel nervous, but they want to turn around and talk. They're not going to realize as soon as they turn around, they're going to get a fist to the head. It's not used to it. It's not normal for them. Hence, normalcy bias. We got to get over it because things are not normal anymore. And we got to get used to that concept. You know, life complacency is hard to battle against. Most normal people have a routine in order to facilitate their careers, their families, their commutes, you know, uh, spending time with their friends, getting in some exercise, maybe getting in some leisure, getting enough sleep. Normal people count their lives down in minutes. They got so many minutes to get their coffee ready before they have to get in their car because they know how long it takes their commute and they get to work. They know they need to be there 10 minutes early because they got to get the computer on because they know they're going to get a call at 8.03 from a certain boss. You see what I mean? They, they, they measure their life in minutes. Most people, I be my guess. It's hard, like if you're living your life that way and you're going to get from point A to point B in a city and you got to run into certain people at certain places at certain times, you have your life so ordered that the thought of somebody coming out of an alley and, 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 you know, sticking a gun in your face and asking for your wallet, you're not even thinking about it. You're thinking about that you're five minutes late because the, the idiot kid behind the counter couldn't understand which bagel you wanted. You know, most people, they get in a car accident, they're not thinking about how hurt they are, but how late they're going to be for work. That's such a normal life that this is where this life complacency plays a part in this normalcy bias. You know, and getting back to the parents and the grandparents, have you ever thought that um, that explains those old Bible stories a lot more? You know, you go, you go back in the Old Testament and you read about the Israelites and, you know, they're in the promised land and they... You know, something happens and, and God raises up a judge or a hero to take them out of it. And and then like two paragraphs later, they're back worshiping idols and then they fall again and it just happens. And people forget that there's generations in between. Normalcy bias begins to play a role in their in generations. Something to keep in mind. Okay, so that's number one is life complacency. Number two People tend to have an ignorance of good and evil. Most people are basically good people. But there is evil in the world. Evil is always going on all around us. Hence these conspiracies or conspiracy theories were just the idea that something could be that evil or government could be that twisted or some super rich person could be that bad. You know, it's it's happening right now. He's, you know, for a long time, Bill Gates has been able to, you know, pretend that, you know, he's this great philanthropist and he's helping people and he believes in medicine and he's going around in his sweaters and, and his goofy glasses and playing the role of a, I'm just a really rich nerd. Yeah, well, people are beginning to wake up and realize that the guy is, he's loopy. And he's put money into things. Like, he's put money into all these organizations that are leading us the way that they're leading us. What if the guy is stark raven mad and has an idea to kill everybody? I mean, would we know? Like, why is he driving the bus on anything besides coming out with some different software? Talk about conspiracy theories. Anyway, evil goes on. But when normal people come in contact with evil, they can't believe it again. I can't believe it until it's too late. And like everything else, our last normalcy bias is going to get even wilder. It's not a conspiracy and it's not a theory, but it ties within with everything else. So our, for our third and last one, it's the idea of pure evil. And I guess you could say pure good from above.
<clears throat> yeah, I promise I won't try and I'll try not to preach at you too hard or anything, but this idea of evil from above, or maybe you could say the concept of just evil all around us, this is one where you have to put it all on the line. I mean, the concept of conspiracy theories could be just a way to freeze you into inaction. You hear about some wild thing and there's all these moving parts and it's ancient and it goes back and there's numbers and death masks and clubs and, and family lineages. and Okay, yeah, it's a giant, vast conspiracy theory. I get it. Hard to swallow. All these legions of evil theories and devilish plots. Fine. All right. What if there is a greater plot line going on outside of uh, families and, and money and all this stuff? What if there is a plot that is almost in another dimension? It's something to think about. Because if you look at the idea that this world that we live in is a war against good and evil, and by golly, if you're paying attention, in the last year, you the masks are all slipping, and things are changing. Good and evil is becoming easier and easier to spot. It's The good old boy clubs where everybody was slapping one another in the back is kind of, it's ending. And people are... They're finding their, where they're going to make a stand. And there are people in the world. I mean, you just look at that. You just look, like spend some time, quit calling it a conspiracy theory and take a look at that great reset. And you tell me if that sounds like a good world because that's where they're headed. That's where our governments, I know my prime minister, you openly said it, that this COVID-19, which is supposedly this great pandemic, which... I mean, it's a disease and people have died from it and it's awful. I get it. But it's being used. And that's why my brainless prime minister can say, well, COVID-19 is, a, is just a, it's a great opportunity to start the great reset where you will own nothing and you will be happy. And the government will have your ear tag and they will GPS you and they will know exactly what you're doing, what you're thinking. You will be on social media and you will tell people what you're thinking. Otherwise, well, who knows? I mean, you might go down and score and then you can't drive and then this blah, 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 blah. You think that's conspiracy theory? Go read it. Anyway, so going forward, whatever you do, just make sure that you're not hurting somebody directly that doesn't deserve to be hurt and... And as long as it makes you and your people less fragile, then go for it. Make those decisions. Make concrete decisions. Don't stick your head in the sand because it seems too complicated. Just start working at making yourself less fragile, making yourself a little more independent. Learn to think independently. You know, doing this, being the anomic ranger and, and writing this stuff and doing these podcasts, I started out, it was going to be subtle. It was going to stay subtle because that's what I thought everybody needed to look at. Everybody needed a scout looking over the hill and saying, you know, you might want to think about this. This is changing down there. The situation is changing. It's not the way it was when you grew up. It's not the way it was when you went to school. It's not the way it was when your parents were going through life. Things are changing rapidly. We need more people with, with a spyglass looking over the hill, figuring out what's going on. I just want to play my part in that. But I've noticed that things have changed. It was going to be subtle, but it's not subtle anymore. Because they're not being subtle anymore. That's the way our society is going. It's going fast. And I'm glad to see that there are people starting to stick up, um, starting to make some noise. I think we all have to make some noise now. It's time. But it's time um, also to dig into the lies, the lies that we find in our society. And it's, it's really, it's not that hard of a job.
You know, for today, I'm, I want to talk a little bit more about lies themselves. Um, not any specific lies, but lies that... Um, let's talk about lies in general. Let's talk about the way lies work and the different kinds of lies that there are. You know, there's some lies that permeate a culture. It becomes like a miasma. It's... Um, it's something that's there. You can't you can't really put your finger on it, but it's just uh, take for instance. You know, now this one, like everything I say here, is going to it's going to kick up some dirt. But um, this idea that that uh, all of North America lives on stolen land. Now there's the idea of a lie that's like a miasma. And technically, it's true, but you know what? Technically, it's true all over the earth and at all times. This is the history of mankind. If you, if you want to talk about that mankind is sinful and we do evil things, uh, no problem. Uh, my hand is the first one up. Yep, okay, here's another exa- this example and that example. But this lie that somehow that makes Western society living in North America, anywhere in North America, and um, anybody with not enough melanin in their skin living in South America or Africa or anywhere is the same thing. Um, it's like uh, it's their colonizers and they're evil. Yeah, well, then everybody's evil. Because I don't care what skin color you have. And I don't know what you think went on with the natives that were in North America. Um, or people of all different skin colors all over the world. It's been a constant case of one group taking over another group. Whether it's different languages or different religions or different ways of fighting or different technologies. It doesn't matter. It's just It's been going on constantly since as long as mankind has been around. So this miasma that somehow this makes North Americans tainted, that's the type of lie that permeates into a culture and it becomes like an odor. Then there's those big lies, you know, those big shocking lies with their boldness and their brashness, you know, like how Hitler, <coughs> excuse me, how Hitler blamed everything on the Jews. I mean, that was a huge lie, and it just they just added to it, and they kept working on it. And we got ones in our own. I mean, I honestly believe the whole thing, anything, if you hear the word computer model, just say big lie. Because to me, computer models, anytime I've ever heard about computer models, it's it's never been good. Now, maybe somebody has a computer model of, say, a ship's propeller so that they can design a better ship's propeller. Okay, fine. Computer models. I'm sure they, they work better than having to carve giant propellers out of wood or something to see if they work. So, but it, when it comes to society and, and, and social engineering, computer, as far as I'm concerned, and same thing with, with uh, they talk about the, um, the climate of the earth. And they you talk about computer models. They, they've been wrong, shockingly wrong. But they're shockingly big, huge lies that they're making. I mean, we're not even supposed to be here. I, I think it was supposed to be in 2010 or something. The polar ice caps were supposed to be melted and giant swaths of the earth would be underwater. I mean, they even made a movie, but it wasn't called Waterworld. Anyway. So there's big lies with boldness and brashness. There's lies that permeate a culture and are like a stink. And then there's the quiet whispers of lies that each individual is encouraged to tell themselves. You know what those are? You know, like the lie that there's too many people on the earth. That's so that you have to always be telling yourself that, well, I'm just a burden on Mother Gia, or the planet, or um, a burden. These lies, they encourage people to tell themselves that. And it's a lie. So these are just some of the types of lies. But what about the sum effect of lies? That's what I want to look at today. What is the sum effect? When you, when you get all these lies together, you get these these little stinky lies and these big, bold, brash lies and then these lies that we're encouraged to tell ourselves. What happens when one person lies to another? What if you get an exchange between two people and maybe there's a friendship there, maybe they know each other 
and one person lies to the other and that person finds out what 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 is the effect on the relationship i think pretty much anybody would say well i wouldn't trust that person anymore well if you don't trust somebody then that is going to change everything about the relationship you're not going to look at that person the same. You've been lied to. You either got to sit down and talk it out and, and get it all hashed out so that you can, you know, start to build on that, on that foundation of trust again. And believe me, it takes a long time. I used to tell my kids when they were little and, you know, little kids are great for telling lies, big whoppers, little sneaky ones to get out of something. Like kids have to be taught not to lie. It comes very natural to human beings, lying. I used to tell my kids, you know, your reputation for truth is like a tree. It takes years to grow. People have to come to it and see, yeah, that's a tree. Yeah, that's a tree. Yeah, it's growing. Look, it's getting bigger. That's, that's a good tree. It's been around a long time. One lie and that tree goes down and you start over. It's all it takes. One. One lie is like a chainsaw to the tree. That's how important truth is. So if you have that breakdown of trust um, in a relationship, what happens when that lie is coming out of society or out of a government or out of a, say, the concept of science or the lie is coming out of an education system or that lie is coming out of one of the institutions that we've built and we rely on? You know, large-scale lies have that same effect. It breaks trust and relationship, almost interconnected within society. Plus one more. There's one more effect in there that's not the same as having a relationship with an individual. And that's a forced question into your grasp on reality. And that is the biggest effect of these lies. You know, it's it's... They're gaslighting. These these giant lies. Have, have you noticed how big some of these lies are? And it's like the other it's like the other side doesn't care. There's a whole group of people in our society that don't care when they get caught in lies. You know, and, and, and the right wing or the conservative voices, you know, they, they have the, the these roars of indignation go up and they have these knee-jerk reactions from those people when the left gets caught in a huge lie like oh here it is here's the lie and they point at it and they write memes about it and they oh they get on the talking circuit and they blah 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 oh the left is so bad they call it owning the left they haven't owned the left yet because the left doesn't care about this stuff i mean there are people out there that need to see how badly the left is it how horrible they lie and what you know what type of people they are. They haven't owned the left. Because these postmodern people, they don't care about honor or truth or reputation or even reality itself. They really don't care about reality. They are going to manipulate reality however reality needs to go to suit them. And so all this time spent in outrage and writing memes and arguments and you know, calling out these hypocrisies, it's, 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 it's all wasted. They don't care. Power is the only God that they worship. And the lies and the hypocrisy and the cognitive dissonance, it's a feature, not a bug, because it's driving you crazy. They're living in your head. They like it. They like it when, when they get caught, when the Pelosi's of the world or the AOC's get called out for being the idiots that they are. In their mind, it just means that they are owning the narrative. Because this whole takeover is about chaos. They are pumping chaos as hard as they can, and the lies just help it. The lies just spin it harder. All the BS and the stories and the, and the, the, the fear and the division that they are forcing into the population, it's done in order to conquer amidst all this confusion. I mean, how many more ways can they divide people? They're dividing people. They're, they're, they're like, you know, they got their Jinsu knives out. 
And they're dividing people just like you see it, like Japanese. Oh, what's the name of that? You know, the, the fancy Japanese cooking where they can flip the food around. That's what they're doing. Just chop, 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 chop. They're just chopping people into, I mean, black, white, gay, straight, old, young, men, women, transgender, cisgender. I mean, wh wherever there isn't a line, they'll make one up. <clears throat> and now they're going to really divide people because now they got their, 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 you know, running around giving people the jab and some people are saying no and then there's different ones and they're, oh, just divide everybody up and just keep everybody fighting with one another. So I think what's to remember and, you know, you get into this and then and, and maybe you're feeling a little confused now as I talk about these lies, you're going, oh, this is just too much. Like the whole thing, like it's all one big giant lie. Like, like what's real in this whole thing? Well, you're real in this whole thing. And that's the part you have to remember. That's the part if Ranger can do anything that you really need to think about is to remember that in the end it's your soul and all this stuff is there to steal it piece by piece by piece. You don't believe me? You don't think I'm talking about the right thing? Well, let's, uh, let's, let's use somebody else's words. Let's uh, look at Alexander Sol Solzhenitsyn, and I always worry about being able to pronounce these Russians' names, but I'm going to have a couple of them here. Uh, Alexander Solzhenitsyn, he's the one that, from the Gulag Archipelago. He lived through communism. He's seen it work. And he knows where their weak point is. And it is in truth and lies. But this is what he says. This is an actual quote. You can resolve your life with integrity. Let your credo be this. Let the lie come into the world. Let it even triumph. But not through me. Don't accept the lies. And the only way you can do that is to sort through them. And figure out. And quit this idea of conspiracy theories. There's enough right there in front of your face. You don't need to worry about theories. It's happening right in front of you. These elite cloud people, they're designing a world. That's what they're doing. They think they can make a world. Guys like Bill Gates, he thinks he can force the world into the image that he wants it. So the majority of the people are forced to live a lie just to live. That's what, that's what they're going for. If they keep going with this whole thing, well, you got to get a, a paperwork, your papers, please. So that to prove that you got a jab and what, not just this jab, maybe it's, there's 10 more jabs to go or 50 more jabs and maybe it'll go beyond jabs. Maybe it'll be your ideas about global warming, or maybe it'll be your ideas about transgenders, or maybe it'll be your ideas about religion, or maybe it'll be your ideas about politics. The idea is they're going to divide people and they will have papers or something on their phone or something like that and, and they will have to be given to them by the government. We don't want to go down that road. We've been down that road. Here's another Russian quote. Dostoevsky. Above all, don't lie to yourself. The man who lies to himself and listens to his own lie comes to a point that he cannot distinguish the truth within him or around him and so loses all respect for himself and for others. And having no respect, he ceases to love. That's pretty heavy. I'll read it again. Above all, don't lie to yourself. The man who lies to himself and listens to his own lie comes to a point that he cannot distinguish the truth within him or around him and so loses all respect for himself and for others. And having no respect, he ceases to love. You know, and it ceases to love. Ceases to love what? Well, anything. Truth. Romance. Art. Passion. You could almost just leave it and say he ceases. And you know, there's something else to that because here I'm going to preach a little bit. Matthew 24, 12 says lawlessness, which is what we talk about here. It's anomia. It's the root word for anomy. Lawlessness will abound in the end times. And the love of of many will grow cold.
Okay, and onward to some practical steps. And here we go. You know the routine. Get up off that couch. Turn off that television. Get outside and get the stink blowed off you. You won't learn nothing, nothing watching that boob tube. If this keeps up, we're going to have a country full of people with wide, soft asses and even softer heads. That is what I heard growing up when I spent too long watching television, and I think it was good advice. So I give it every single podcast. It's a call to get up, do something, build something, grow something, create something, get in the real world, get away from devices, get away from screens, spend some quiet time in nature, learn to talk to God, learn to talk to other people, just get out there. So in the last session um, of Practical Steps, I advocated some rebellion. Get that mask below your nose whenever you need a breath. Get some free air in your lungs. How'd that go? I heard it's all going to go away now, although up here in Canada, they're still just, oh, locking down and all worked up. It looks like the states, are, the masks aren't working anymore. They're losing their uh, traction on the narrative, so... They went one week to the next. Oh, wear a mask because that's what makes you a good American too. Well, yeah, I guess you don't need to wear as long as you get the jab. So there you go. I don't know where they're going with that one. But anyway, how'd that go? Did you feel like a rebel? This week, <clears throat> it's going to be pretty straightforward. This is a pencil and paper exercise, but you need to put some thought into it. I talked a little bit ago in the podcast I talked about making your life less fragile and what does that mean well it means you have some resilience built in I'll just say right now if you're relying on the electricity to come from the switch and the water to come from the tap and your food you pick up the phone and someone delivers it in a box that your life is very fragile at that point any one of those things quit and you're hooped so making your life less fragile what do you got to do it could be as simple as like maybe making a bit of a stockpile of stuff water toilet paper i mean now i mean who knows this like last time it was toilet paper now it's gas and in parts of the states where that pipeline affected it but yeah making your life less fragile like how about getting yourself together so that you have two five-gallon jerry cans that you can go fill up with gas when you hear there might be a gas shortage instead of filling plastic bags and putting them in your trunk. I don't know if that's true or not, but if somebody was actually doing that, it's like, I don't know. To me, there should be more dead people than from COVID if that's what people are actually doing. Like that, <laughs> I can't even imagine. I'm sure that gasoline would just eat through those plastic bags, but I guess it depends on the plastic. But yeah, make make a list of things that you can do. Um. Now, that could be not just stuff you need to buy. Maybe it's people you need to get to know. Maybe it's understanding if things really go pear-shaped on you, if your life really goes, like, where you can go or who you know, what people that you can work together with. I mean, just start writing stuff down on paper, just totally spitball. And then go through it and, and figure out what you can do easily. Take it down to bits. What can you do? What can you accomplish? What can you afford? Forget about just pretending that things are going to go back to normal. These are not normal times. And they are, even if, even if all this, a lot of this stuff goes away, 90% of it goes away, it's not going to be the same as it was. It's never going to be the same as it was before this happened. It was too big. And for heaven's sakes, don't stop thinking about these things as normal times because... Quite frankly, normalcy bias can sneak up on you. So learn to recognize that. That uh, these are weird and interesting times. They're perilous times. You got to plan as you go and not get distracted. Welcome to your adventure. And that's what I always say. At the very end, that your life is an adventure and there's no point in getting down. You may as well live it out to the end. Um, do the things that you need to do each and every day. Learn to see the bigger picture. It's time to quit sticking your head in the sand. It's time to start waking up and seeing what is around you. 
Anyway, like I said before, you can find me at anomicranger.com. It's my website. You can send me an email to animepatrolhq at yahoo.com. Don't forget to, you know, subscribe. Uh, give me some likes. Give me some reviews, five-star reviews. I would appreciate that. And don't forget, until we meet again, keep an edge in your knife. Keep your matches dry. Because this is your adventure. And you may as well learn to live it that way. So, from the Anomic Ranger, Vaya con Dios. Okay? Eh?